Welcome back to Tradmen, everybody. All zero of you who are watching, <laughs> who are watching our live show. Um, no, it's okay. That's okay because it yeah, records kind of, this, and then you come back and watch it later. Think about yeah, that. it's kind of a hit and miss with on lives with us. It right is, now, especially on Sunday evenings, and and yeah. I get that. So we're hoping we're hoping most of you will come back and watch this. You know, after you get a chance to watch the movie, we're going to talk about. Because we really, you really do need to watch that first. And I'll say this right off the bat: spoiler alerts ahead. So if you yeah. have not seen the film, um, you know I still think you're going to get something out of what we're going to say. But so if you if you're not going to see the film, you'll still enjoy our video. But if you are going to see it, go watch it and then come watch this. Yeah, and, and I was also I was going to mention that. But what I was also going to mention was some people. I've had a couple comments to me about, oh, you're doing this again. Yes and no. Like our last episode was with Sean Patrick Flannery, and we discussed more than nefarious. But even our discussion we really didn't talk about the film that much. Yeah, yeah, it was it was limited. Yeah, it was limited in its scope, and we never intended to get deep in the theology that we saw in nefarious and the lessons that we saw in it with him, because it was more about the about the film itself from a, from an actor's perspective and production and all that. But there was a lot in the film that we wanted to discuss that was not discussed in the previous episode. And before we do that, um, we're going to say a prayer. I know we usually say the Vinny Sancti Spiritus, but because of the topic we're going to talk about tonight, Jason, I was thinking we could say the prayer to St. Michael, the Archangel. Um, mm -hmm. And just if, if any of you are going to join along, this is a very powerful intercessory prayer against dark, evil forces, anything like that, that is totally appropriate for use by the laity uh, at any time. So um, we recommend uh, those of you who are joining us to uh, follow along with us in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy ghost. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host by the power of God cast into hell, Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl through the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jason, this film blew me away. I was not prepared. You'd been hyping it up for a while. Had you seen it before we saw it together? No, I had seen a couple clips that I thought were pretty amazing in, in their content. But e even seeing that, I didn't. I came out of it a lot more affected than I, than I thought I would. It was a and deeply I, disturbing film, but disturbing and, in the right ways. I would yeah. Say. And you mentioned to me as we were walking out and standing outside, you said, you, you know, you believe that it would be a good movie and it was, but you had no idea the profound impact. Usually when you go life. to see like a Christian movie that is sort of targeted towards people of our religion or things like that, like I'm sure the message is very important and usually very good, but let's face it. The acting is usually not that great. The dialogue is not, I mean, not fantastic. The script is cheesy. Uh, yeah. I'm not downplaying <laughs> any of these guys. Dude, yeah. I couldn't write a better movie. That's for sure. So I'm not saying it's, yeah. you know, it, it's these guys are hacks. Cause I could, you know, I'm not a screenwriter or anything like that, but this was very different. This was a, it was one of the best films I've ever seen in terms of its script and everything but the profound nature in which it affected me was very different. It, 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 it made me really, and I'm, I'm still to this day, I am do, I, I am in the midst of like a five day examination of conscience uh, yeah, <laughs> where I'm well, looking back at myself and I'm thinking, man, I cooperate with evil kind of a lot. 
Yeah, and and a lot of people have compared this to the screw tape letters, like a modern day screw screw tape letters, which I I can see, but it's also quite different reading it versus seeing it on screen. And Sean did a really good job. Oh, he crushed it. I mean, of portraying yeah. a, a possessed man, and it, it you know just that visual and audio that you saw in the movie really affect affects you more, I believe, than when you read it on paper. But, um, and, and you made the comment just now about you're examining yourself, you know, and you're not alone in that, that, that how much we cooperate with evil and the little things. And that was one of the most profound statements in the movie. I thought yeah. is that, uh, basically the psych, the psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever he was had asked nefarious, uh, so ne- for people that may have not seen it, yeah, no give a quick synopsis it. of the film. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, so nefarious is the demon, the name of the demon that has possessed a man named Edward and they, uh, through Edward nefarious has committed roughly, I guess, six murders and is on death row and scheduled to be executed that night. Unless there's a reprieve by this psychologist, right? Yeah. The psychiatrist and- has to determine if he's mentally sound to be executed because uh, if he were if he were not mentally uh, competent, they would not execute him because he you know for obvious reasons. So yeah, and the, the and, psychiatrist is there to make that determination. And and the psychiatrist came in. Of course, he was an atheist, which which the demon mocked completely. <laughs> um, but uh, th- nefarious had told the psychiatrist at one point, talking about how how little we co- cooperate with evil at a time. We do it a lot, but in little ways. Mm-hmm. He said, no, we just don't come possess people, you know, just like that. It's a lot of little yeses. So this guy, Edward, since he was young, like even as a kid, age of reason and all that, I guess, I think even before that had started saying yes to little evils all the time, little by little by little. And then eventually those little evils turned into big evils and big yeses to the point where now he has opened the door um to allow the demon to possess him and i remember reading slain dragons and there's the there's part of the book that talks about as fathers you're the doorkeeper for your family so your your spiritual life affects your family's spiritual life and we need to keep that door closed to our family by living holy lives freak you know going to the sacraments frequently and and all those things well this kind of reminded me of that as well that that those little yeses and staying away from the sacraments why why you may not ultimately be possessed because according to exorcist possession is actually pretty rare you are opening yourself up to oppression which is still not a good thing that is that is true, and and actually, while we're on this topic of because we're going to talk not just about the film, but there's obviously going along with this going to be a lot of spiritual warfare discussion. Here's what I liked about the film, those to me, there are other movies out there that that uh, that deal with the topic of the demonic and demonic possession, demonic infestations, and and spiritual warfare, but these other films approach the subject from almost a, a vantage point of entertainment. Sensationalism. Um, and it's sensationalism, yeah. titillation. I have to, I cannot stay strongly enough. When you're talking about this subject matter, you're talking about the demonic, the spiritual warfare, Satan, the demons. We must approach this from 
a vantage point of we're trying to arm ourselves with information that is going to help us in the spiritual battlefield. If you approach these entities with curiosity, entertainment, titillation, excitement, interest, you know, that's very dangerous. And I, I do not recommend, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to prepare myself for spiritual warfare by getting a lot of movies about demonic possession. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think this movie is there to prepare you for, for spiritual warfare. And to a certain sense, it is entertainment because you're, you're learning about, you know, these things is going on and you're interested in the story. But this film really was, I walked away from this film, not, oh, did you see that part where the demon came out and tore that guy up? That, that wasn't this type of film. Hmm. I walked away from this film thinking, what are all the ways in which I say yes to Satan every day? I can identify. I mean, it, you don't have to think very hard. You know what they are. Yeah. And that's what it started thinking about to me. That's why I liked this film because you're not going to walk away from this like, oh, that was a cool movie, huh? Oh man, did you see the part where the the blood and the gore and all this stuff? This is not that. This is you're going to walk away from this looking inward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and that was something I mentioned on the previous episode. My wife, as we were driving home, she said, "This is not a movie you can go see or watch and walk away and not reflect on your life." Like that, like there's no way. And and they did a good job of making it realistic to the everyday common man, right? Like, like you're saying, a lot of these other movies are sensation, have a lot of sensationalism and stuff like that in it. But from my reading of, uh, of, of possessions from, from uh, priests that are exorcists and whatnot, I, I think it was Father Ripperger, and I, and I may be quoting the wrong person, but I believe it was him that said, typically demons don't manifest themselves very explicitly because if they do their time very well is going to be limited because it'll be obvious so you know a person will eventually will call in an exorcist and etc cetera, etc cetera, right so th they kind of want they want to commit their evils through you but they kind of want to be subtle about it right they don't want to make it obvious and and this movie really spoke to that like okay where am i cooperating with you even, even though i'm not possessed how am I letting the demons or the demonic work through me, through my yeses? And, and again, we're all very susceptible to that. Right. So. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I was, I was thinking, you know, when, when we sin, when we sin every, even our, even our, our smaller sins, our, our venial sins. Okay. Mm -hmm. What we do is we essentially say, I'm a child of God and I fight against evil but I tell you what, Satan, just for right now, we'll both, we're on the same team. That's, that's literally what you do. And I liked, there's another podcast that I listened to called the exorcist files, which I, I can say that I recommend it because it is along this same line of this is information to help you arm yourself in the battlefield. This is not, I mean, it is an entertaining podcast to listen to in the sense of it's, it's not boring, right? But this is not just uh, an entertainment spectacle. Um, well, did you did you know that and, the priest on on that podcast was a consultant for? This yeah, movie? I think you were telling me that, and yeah. that makes sense because this priest, what he he explained, I always had a problem with demonic possession. I never really understood it. It didn't make sense to me, and I always thought, isn't this kind of the superstitious stuff that that we should leave behind? Because <laughs> and that's the scene in the movie. 
Well, listen, I'm very much a product of the modern world I grow up in, right? Oh, yeah. and, and so in the modern world I grow up in, things like that are for, for kids, right? It's, a, it's hocus pocus. It's nonsense. Yeah. It doesn't, things don't really, there aren't really ghosts and demons and things like that. Um, but here's the important thing to think about. That mode of thinking really is only about 100 years old. Humanity has been around for a lot longer than that. You really sure that your ancestors are as superstitious and silly and stupid as you think they are? Absolutely sure about that? I am not. <laughs> I don't think no. my ancestors were idiots and that I know everything. They knew um, how to grow their they knew, they knew how to grow their own food. <laughs> they knew how to grow they certainly knew how they cer <laughs> yeah. they certainly knew how to write a better liturgy. Um anyway, oh okay. Now listen, um this when we talk about the demonic, it is very much a subject of property rights. When you sin, you, you cooperate a little bit with evil, you establish a relationship with the demonic. And this was explained to me when I was having questions about the Ouija board stuff, because this just did not make sense to me. How can a toy mass produced in a factory be the gateway to hell? It just doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Well, here's the way to think about it. It's not the Ouija board itself, because you're right, it's just a piece of cardboard. Essentially, though, this is a neutral ground in which you can meet the demonic. Usually, when you conduct spiritual warfare, you do so in your mind. You're being tempted to a sin. You start praying the Hail Mary. You're involved in spiritual warfare right now. But you're doing spiritual warfare in the mind of a baptized Christian. So Satan is already at a huge disadvantage. You're, you're God's property. He's already put an indelible mark on your soul that you're his. But when you come out with this board... You say, okay, I tell you what, let's let's leave this inner space and let's meet on a neutral ground. I agree to take off all my God armor that I get as a baptized Christian and meet this fallen angelic being on neutral ground. This is a catastrophically stupid idea. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it in that regards, this is a really, really bad idea. So spiritual warfare and demonic possession, infestation, all that stuff is really about permissions. The demons don't just take over you out of nowhere and then you're demonically possessed. It's very much you're giving them permission. That's how much God respects your freedom. You have the freedom to cooperate with the enemy. And, and God, God cannot remove a demon that you give, give rights to. And in fact, the exorcist that in the exorcist files even said, I don't perform exorcisms unless the, in, unless the, the infested individual, the victim agrees to close the door that they open because otherwise, what is the point? You know? Yeah. And, and they even met uh, nefarious even mentions that in the movie. He asked the psych the psychiatrist said, Hey, let me come in you because, because he made it plain. I can't just come into people and possess them without their basically their consent right so um it, it speaks to that and they also um you reminded me of this you know where god gives you the choice and everything he respects your your decisions whether right or wrong he's going to give you free will um at one point in the movie nefarious is talking about the fall and how it happened and and everything and basically how they hate how God loves people and people love God that they, they hate all that love. Right. But God gives you that choice to love him. And yet so many people reject that love. It, it, it reminded me of 
because uh, I know I've been asked in the past about, well, why did God put the forbidden fruit in the garden for Adam and Eve? Why, why did he put that tree there anyway? And, and my response and my thoughts have always been, you can't have true love without a choice. God wants you to truly love him. God could have made Adam and Eve where they didn't have that free will, but that's not a real love, right? Like, yeah. like when you love your spouse, you make the choice to love your spouse, yeah. right? Like if, if I could make my wife love me against her will, well, then that's not really love, right? Right. So, so when people ask, well, what? Why in the garden did God put that tree? Because God wanted them to choose him, you yeah. know, and, and and we have that choice every day. Maybe we don't physically eat a fruit, but we make choices every day, whether we're going to love God or not love God. And every time we say yes to evil, we are making the choice not to love God in that moment. I also liked how this film portrayed, and this is I'd never really thought about this before, but I've been thinking about it ever since our society has really made the devil out to be the good guy in, 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 in our common mythological, in our common mythos, I guess you could say Satan is cool. And God is kind of this old, you know, he just doesn't want, he just wants to ruin your good time. He's Satan is cool. <laughs> he has all the cool rock and roll music. He's got all the cool celebrities. He's cool, man. And what this film showed you is these demons are not your friends. They don't, they don't like, they don't even like you. They hate everything they about hate, you. They hate you with the fury of a thousand sons. And once they get control of you, all the favors they're throwing, you will stop Yeah. and they will torture you to death. I mean, that you know, people, people, I think, and, and obviously this is a result of a society that doesn't know the difference between good and evil anymore. Yeah, well, and, and the fairies had a good uh, line in the movie where he says, and, and he took pride in saying this: "God creates and we destroy." Yeah, and and, and could you speak more plainly to to what sin does? That's it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and when you think about, I remember thinking, and I remember hearing, you know, when I was a teenager in my conversion that obedience to God was true freedom. And I didn't understand that. I mean, I was still, I understood it was important to be obedient to God, but I didn't like this idea of freedom because this freedom argument never made much sense to me. Angela, what's up? Welcome. Um, it never made much sense to me because I was like, if you're not really free, if you can't do what you want, yeah. that was my idea of what freedom was doing what you want. And then this film really shows you once the demons have you, you aren't free to do squat. You do well, what they say and you do when they say it. And yeah. they will deny you every last shred of your humanity, every last shred of your dignity. They will have no mercy on you. None. Yeah. And, and, you know, the nefarious, he took pleasure in hurting Edward, right? Edward for his last meal or for his last meal picked a meal. Nefarious comes out and says, "No, I don't want it." And of course, he's upset about it. He um that what that, was... that that scene broke my heart, man. Yeah. I, I know and... that was not part of the made like major theme of the film, right. but that scene where you've got this tortured soul locked in his own body who is possessed by all these demons and you just think, "Okay, he the demons have won. They're going to cook this guy." Tonight. Well, and 
Well, let yeah, and just that, have let him have his cheeseburger. No, they can. They no, wouldn't even let. No, him no, have no, that. no. They wouldn't do that. And Edward, when Edward was talking, he said Nefarious will make him do bad things and then let him take possession of his body again, just so he can feel that pain. And and the psychiatrist actually asked. Um, Oh, it, oh, Angela, it is. We, we yeah. gave a warning at the beginning. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry we gave a that. warning at the beginning. But, but um, you, you but, still, you'll still go see it and get something out of it. I promise you. But the the nefarious uh, was having this conversation with a psychiatrist, and he asked him. He said, well, "I didn't think they did the electric chair anymore." And he says, "Well, they do. They do lethal injection, but some states still give you the choice of electric chair." And he's like. Who would ever pick that? And Nefarious goes, that is my parting gift to Edward. Yeah. Wanted this, wanted him to suffer. And, and again, the message being the demons love seeing us suffer. So why do we say yes to them? That they, they, they just want to see our destruction yeah. and our suffering. Yet we constantly in our fallen nature are saying yes. Yeah. Because we, we, we like the idea that it, if you ever been conned, I've been conned before. By yeah. somebody telling you something that's that's so sweet and you know in your mind it can't be true, but the idea that it could be is so comforting and so that you you sort of block out the obvious red flags, um, you know that are that are right in front of you. Well, these demons know that they know that, and yeah. and it's not and 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 I don't want to give you the impression that demonic possession is the ultimate thing to be avoided. I mean, obviously it is. Demons can be in your life. In fact, the vast majority of evil that you will encounter in your life will not be demonic possession. It will be temptations. Well, no. Right? And, and, and it, things like that. And they address this because this movie also addresses the culture wars going on right now. It does. And, and to your point, the nefarious is like, you think you're doing great. Look at all the, we're doing evil in front of your face and you don't even know it. And yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, and, and, yeah. and that was, and that was there in the dialogue of the cultural wars. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we need, there, there's, there's, there are several parts in the film where the, the demon is having this conversation with the psychiatrist and the, the psychiatrist is explaining, look, your side's not doing too well. And the demon says, oh, really? Psychiatrist says, yeah, because we're eliminating racism and we're fighting for equality and inclusion and equity and all these wonderful things that we're doing. And the demon just starts laughing hysterically. And he's like, and, and one of the things he says is you're, you're eliminating racism and, and how wonderful you are for that. Did you know there are 70 million slaves in the world right now? 40 million, I think it was. 40 million. Four, there are yeah, 40 yeah. million slaves in the world. Actually, when he said that, I was like, take that number and double it because that's the actual number. But okay. He yeah. said, there are 40 million slaves right now. And he said, you want to know what the best part is? It's actually more, the worst part. More but, than, gr greater than the Roman. He even said it, greater than the Roman Empire at its peak. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, and you want to know what the best part is? Half are sex slaves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, boom. And he's like, he's like trust me we're winning yeah, and you're losing. And the, the fact that you don't even know it's a game is the reason why you're losing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and then, well, and they, <laughs> and they, and they so had a lot, things. they had a lot um, more during that dialogue. Cause they, yeah. Cause they did talk about the racism. They talked about the literacy rates and all these things, but yeah, that right there was, 
out of that that was awesome and you know another part of the movie that that i thought was real deep and and i did talk about this some um, on our interview with uh sean last week but i i don't know if it was intentional or not necessarily the way that i view it <laughs> gut punch that's right Ange. Oh, um, Ange, wait, the gut punch is coming because there's some abortion dialogue in this film. Oh, the abortion dialogue. My wife cried over that. I, mean, I was, it, I was praying yeah, the it, Hail Mary. It hurt, it hurt. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But before we get to that, it, what, what I was uh, mentioning was when the priest comes in, right? It's I was to talk about the priest, yes. The priest comes in and Nefarious is terrified. He's screaming. Oh, Okay. Well, let me address this real quick. Ange, the reviews by the mainstream media sources are not good because this this is a very Christian. It calls message. them out. <laughs> it, it's anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ dialogue. All these things are in it. But if you look at the like, – like take the Rotten Tomatoes that's been posted everywhere. It's got like a 30% review, but like a 97 or 98% review audience. among people that have actually yeah. gone and seen it. The audience score. I, you know, I, I, I've told people, and I told Anthony this the other day, I said, if you go to this movie and you don't leave it reflecting on your life, I said, I will send you the money for your tickets because that's yeah. how confident I am that this movie will touch you. Um, first of all, you know when the priest walks in, you're going to have a Oh, yeah. He, he walks in in yeah. this multicolored store, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, brother, here we go. <laughs> um yeah hey honey there's my wife hey <laughs> a movie so, is terrifying yes so so the so nefarious so he's terrified at first and and he even harkens back to the gospel i believe it was where where uh this man was possessed and jesus it was a legion of demons actually and uh jesus sent them into the swine they ran over the hill but he says uh it is not my time yet carpenter and stuff like that right and uh the priest then goes is talking to the psychiatrist. He comes over and he goes, Hey, I just want you to know that uh, the church has always misunderstood mental in illness as demonic possession. And we don't we've believe in that kind of stuff. He anymore said, and... he either said we've developed or we've evolved, evolved. our thinking to go, where, yeah. where, where we don't believe in these things anymore. And, and immediately you saw the switch in the Ferris. He says that he's like, all right. Yeah, he immediately right, sit down, his priest. posture and he starts joking. He's laughing. He's, he's that's, mocking that's the priest. He's mocking. Then the priest leaves. He goes, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? Come back. I want to sit down. Um, yeah. No, it, it, it perfectly. Yeah, he was. That's exactly right. I it, Poor Edward was being. And tortured. not in the ways that you think of people being tortured. Yeah. It's all happening on the interior, yeah. but it's still. So that's why Sean, Sean Patrick Flannery crushed it. Um, and what were we saying? We we're saying about the, the, priest. the yeah, priest. As soon as he walked out, he's comes down this multicolored stole. <laughs> he's some ancient baby boomer. He's probably at Vatican too. And you know, he just <laughs> no, studied it, at the it, Gregorian. It you know. spoke to the issues we're having Big in time, the church man. right now. And it made me think that, you know, I, I remember also reading that, that exorcists are saying it's harder to exercise people that, are possessed because the the church is weak right now. The faith of the clergy and the lay yeah. is so weak right now that it makes it harder to to expel a demon from a person, right? And and it really spoke to that. Like the the clergy, their faith as a whole among many of I'm not going to say all because we do have a don't get me wrong we do have a lot of good and holy priests, but we also have a lot that that believe we've evolved past this 
ancient thinking and we're in the modern world where we've got everything figured out. Right. Yeah. And even among lay people ourselves. And it's this line of thinking that has, that the demons have become more bold than ever. And you, again, you saw that in the movie, he went from terrified to bold and mocking the priest, like get out of here, Joker. And Sean, when we talked to Sean, he even said it in the, in the interview. Remember he says, the demon nefarious noticed that this priest is a fraud and nobody respects frauds. Nobody. And I was like, that's, that's a perfect way to explain it. Yeah. And let's, let's talk for just a minute about, because we've been talking about this idea of doors all, all the whole episode and the film obviously deals with the subject of the demonic and demonic possession. And there is this idea of doorways and, and we talked about permissions, right? So, Mm -hmm. so, Demons are pure spirits, just like angels. They, so I would define a pure spirit as consciousness, consciousness, not bound by time and space. Okay. It's a pretty simple definition. I think it works, but essentially what, how they, how they work with us is relationship wise. You want to have a good relationship with the Lord. It's not enough for Jesus to just be the Messiah and whether or not you believe it or not the grace isn't going to have the effect on your life if you don't have a personal relationship, right? Satan is the same way. So let's talk about these doorways. Now, I think a lot of people get that obvious doorways are the occult, um, you know, fortune tellers, sorcery, the Ouija board, stuff like that. But there's other ways you can open up doors also. And Jason, you, you were talking about the movie Slaying Dragons, no, no, the book. It's a book. The book. I'm sorry, Slaying Dragons, yeah. and that talks a lot about doorways, does it not? And the different yeah. doorways. Because it's, it, it's been a few years since I read it, but but it, I, I do remember specifically from that book. It talks about fathers and husbands being big doorways to your family, and that's always stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he does have a new book out, which I haven't read. Heard good things about it, so I, I after seeing this, I may go ahead and pick that because the first book was good. I. I'm kind of on the topic anyway, I guess, where everything's and going. But anyway, tra- I digressed. And we're trying to get an exorcist on the show, but this is incredibly difficult because the Catholic Church does not consider exorcism a spectator event. The names of people who are involved in these procedures are always kept confidential by the Catholic Church because be. yeah. this is not a game, right? And that that's the important thing. that The church does not consider this a game, something that's to be messed around with, something that's to be played with. It's very serious stuff. I will tell you one of the things that I learned was a gateway. And I once I learned it was a gateway, uh, and I believe it was um, Father a podcast by Father Ripperger. It might have been, you know what? It was actually The Exorcist Files, excuse me. Is that pornography is oh, I, a I gateway to the demonic. Now, a lot of people would think, okay, obviously it's, mortally sinful to and it's Mm -hmm. it's a mockery of 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 god and his plan for and his plan for creation to be sure but a gateway to the demonic yes sir yes sir make absolutely no mistake um any kind of mortal sin can can over time you're establishing a relationship with the satanic and especially with pornography because it's so um isolated and private and the demons can tempt you to do it because our, our society says there's nothing wrong with it. And, and so it's just a sort of, Oh, it's a healthy expression of our sexuality. All of a sudden, and the next thing, you know, you've opened a doorway. Um, 
Well, not 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 only is the pornography aspect of it evil, but uh, and a lot of these films, as as more and more stuff comes out, there's evil behind it in the sense that a lot of these women are basically sex slaves. They've been sex traffickers yeah. against their will. There's rape videos on there that people yeah. don't know. So so not only is the pornography aspect of it evil, but the production of many of these, for lack of better terms, is. Yes. It's yes. very evil. So, like, you're open. I, I can definitely see that, and I agree with it wholeheartedly because there's a lot of avenues, a lot of doors to open by getting involved with with pornography. Yeah, big time. It, it, we 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 cannot play around with this marvelous gift of the sexual faculty that God has given us. He has given us an opportunity to participate in His creation of a being that will live forever made in the image and likeness of God. That's raw power. I mean, yeah. there, there is no, there is nothing more powerful than that. Yeah. And he gives us the faculty to participate in that. But in order to do so, we must do so in love because this isn't creation of a human being is an act of love. We mm -hmm. can't really participate in it unless we're participating in it in love. Yeah. And, you know, of course, our society has very different ideas about that. Yeah. And when you're when you mess around with that stuff, it's like playing with electricity. It's like saying that because God gives electricity to your home and God wants me to have electricity, that means God wants me to play around with the wires and do so in the bathtub. No, yeah. <laughs> it actually does not mean that. <laughs> um, I, I was going to ask if, if Ange is still on. Um, I. I if, if you're okay with it right now, I was actually going to talk about that, that abortion scene. And yeah, and what let's I, do that because that was and, one of the and most. As a, and as a setup to that, as a setup to that, I did want to mention that uh, again, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it, but he, but, but this is also in the trailer, but he tells uh, nefarious tells the psychiatrist by the time you leave here today, you will have killed three people, but it's not in ways that, that he thought or anybody thought one of the first, uh, murders that he committed, and I, I, I guess I shouldn't have done air quotes because it really is, is euthanasia, assisted suicide. Because right. the psychiatrist, who again was an atheist, a proclaimed atheist, which, which side note, isn't it funny how at the end of the movie, when his life was in danger, he all of a sudden he was praying to God to protect him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no atheist in hell. There's saved. no atheist in the foxholes, you know. But um. But he's like, he's like, no, you, you had your mother killed at a convenience for you because she was a burden on you because the psychiatrist kept saying, you know, she was in pain. She was old. Her quality of life wasn't good. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then the Ferris comes in and goes, no, you did it at a convenience. You did it. And I, I was like, oh, holy crap. This movie's already talking about is, is, uh, talking about the evils of euthanasia, assisted suicides. Right. Yeah. And then it goes into the abortion debate because now, uh, uh, what's his name? The I can't remember the psychiatrist's name. What was his name? I know the actor's name. James Martin was his James name. James Martin. Can't remember, yeah. you forget the psychiatrist's name. And we don't know yeah. if that name was chosen as a little winky wink to. Uh, yeah, whatever. me and Mark just kind of looked at each other. And go, we looked right at each other. <laughs> we literally, quite literally. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I kind of enjoyed it, but um, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Let's not start this. No, let's not open up that. That, that intro, by the way, opens up doorways. Okay, Jason? Thank you. 
<laughs> so so the um the guy uh james martin the psychiatrist his girlfriend was literally at the time they were having this uh discussion was at an abortion clinic having an abortion or right. was ready for an abortion and he tells her he goes you think you're so much better than the ancients you know they they sacrifice babies the molac and Blah, blah, blah. He goes, but now the priests today wear surgical scrubs. And instead of using drums to drown out the cries of the babies, it's done behind closed doors. He goes, no, 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 James. You're no better than them. You're just as evil. And then he stands up in a very dramatic fashion. And he, like, brings his arms up. Five, four, three. And he does a countdown. And it was at that point that the baby had been aborted. And he says, all hell rejoices every oh, time there's man, an abortion. I Oh, that that sent chills down my spine, man. I yeah. I almost, oh, I couldn't even I couldn't breathe. I couldn't yeah. breathe. I mean, it was so. Yeah. I mean, hell rejoice, all of hell rejoices. And, and, yeah, and, and, and all and hell rejoices, and I just went, yeah. don't yeah. like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. And I and I got to thinking, man, how many times in my day do I do things that make all hell rejoice? Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> Don't want to do that. Yeah. And then and then he goes out mm. and and now this quote unquote atheist is scared. <laughs> goes out, tries to call, but it, of course it was too late because the demon uh, nefarious, he says in the movie, he goes, Look, I know all this about you because I'm not bound like you are between necessarily, I guess he said time and space or whatever. He mm. can, you know, he can he can know what's going on or be at different places and and whatnot being a spiritual being but uh it, it was too late and of course that's the second murder so the exorcist was a is is one of my i know this sounds strange but it is one of my favorite films um because in my and and i i look at the exorcist as different than a, a, the exorcist in my opinion is not a movie about demonic possession mm. okay try this out the Exorcist, in my opinion, is um, William Peter Blatty is the author of the book. He was a student at Georgetown University. Uh, he was, until his uh, until he died very recently, a very traditional-minded guy. I don't know that he was a TLM guy. But this movie comes out in 1973, and it is very much a statement, a, a, a scathing critique of the post-conciliar Catholic Church. You have this floppy-haired young Jesuit, and what 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 what's his skill set? He's a psychiatrist. That's like that's what the world needs another priest who's a psychiatrist. And and the great thing about him is he's lost his faith. His priest has completely lost his faith, and he's the most miserable person in the world. And then he encounters this objective spiritual reality, and he is totally unequipped to deal with it in any capacity whatsoever. And so, what does the Catholic Church do? They break out that crusty old relic. Father Marin comes in. That guy, you were so sure. We don't need people like him anymore. And what is it? you got to break out the old timer when it's time to do fight, when it's time to fight the devil. Yeah, no, I, I like that movie, but it's not about what I think a lot of people think it's about. It's a movie about a priest who regains his faith. And it's not so much about the possessed little girl. Um, yeah. But it's it's still an interesting film, but it's also got some blasphemies in it, which are just awful and not which, to be, which know. by the way, this movie is rated R. I, uh, it literally does not that I can remember has a single cuss word, a single blasphemy. 
I mean, it calls, I mean, when the fairies is possessed, he called refers to Jesus as a carpenter and calls God his enemy. He goes the, the enemy. enemy. Yeah. But I mean, but that's realistic, right? Um, it doesn't have any nudity. Even even the scene at the end isn't really that graphic, I didn't think, compared to what no. people had described it. Um it's it it I'm sure it got an R rating because it is very disturbing. It's a very yeah. disturbing film because it seems so much more real than Linda Blair, you know, spider crab walking down the stairs. Nobody's ever seen anything like, well, I mean, maybe maybe people have seen things like that and people who are really in advanced stages of demonic possession. But like I said, the vast majority of us, the evil we see, I mean, I work in CPS court and I can't give you any specific details about cases and I don't, but I can tell you that evil's real evil's real i've seen the photographs it's not a joke evil exists satan is real his demons are real and they have no governors on their behavior <laughs> it's not they are not like you right so you may be uh not necessarily a holy or a good person but you know there's just some behaviors i'm just i don't go there demons don't work like that they are pure psychopaths all of them, they have no empathy or or sympathy for you, and there is no set of behaviors that is off limits to them. Yeah. So don't mess around with that stuff. But. And I, I was looking at my some because I was taking a little bit of notes during the movie, and, and we've kind of touched on two of these, but but I did want to bring up uh, a, a couple points. Um, What's up? One Kelly? is is you know, as Catholics we teach and, and I know there are evangelicals that teach it as well, Protestants and whatnot, but typically Catholics will say that men are the ones that want abortion the most because it allows them f free reign to use women as they see fit. And remember during the movie, he says, you just, uh, what does he say? He goes, you had this, uh, you got your girlfriend pregnant and you want her to abort the baby just so you can leave her. He goes, you're planning on leaving her James. Yeah, and he's like, and then she's he's, gonna he's, find out he's that like, she aborted her kid for nothing because you've already gone nothing. bored with her. Yeah, because you're yeah, yeah. And mm. and he and he goes, uh oh, I lost my train of thought right there. But yeah, he, he's like, You're just gonna leave her. And uh oh that that was it. And then uh the psychiatrist James Martin, he goes, um he says, Don't tell me how to live my life. She can live her life how she wants, I can live my life like I want. What I mean, again, what's the message? When we live our lives like we want. Yeah. We, we we fall. And and earlier I mentioned where Nefarious says God creates, we destroy. He also says, remember, God created man in his image and we remade you. Mm, I forgot about that part. Wow. Yeah. We, we remade you. We changed your thinking. We reoriented your thinking. That's what he said. He said, reoriented your thinking, changed your culture and made you to the point where we can do evil right in front of you and you won't say anything because you don't even know what evil is anymore. You don't even yeah. know the difference between good and evil anymore. Yeah. And I was like, well, if the shoe fits, <laughs> I hate to, I hate to say that any, any demon is right, but if the shoe fits, you know, yeah, we, we should wear it. Now the, the film was, it's really made me um, get serious about things, which I think I had let slip to the side daily rosary. Um, saying my, my, my prayers, my acts of my daily acts of piety. Like I, I do the breviary or some hours of the breviary and the rosary and things like that. Um, because well, the Catholic church is going to hell in a handbasket. Nobody's going to miss me anyway. 
nobody's going to notice if I don't. I mean, with everything that's going on in the church, God's not going to notice I didn't say my rosary today. I mean, it's not like if you don't pray your rosary or one day you're going to get possessed by the devil. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, that these little daily acts of piety, it's all about relationships. If you have a strong relationship with the Lord, all Satan can do is tempt. That's it. That's why we the can't. sacraments are so important. That's why the sacraments are so important. And and speaking of the sacraments, uh, in this podcast that I follow, The Exorcist Files, which is a great podcast. Go over there and listen to it. Anywhere you get podcasts. Um, the priest who sort of, these are taken from his personal stories. He said, one confession is a hundred times more power, is, is, is more powerful than a hundred fully church-sanctioned exorcisms. So go to confession often. Um, because yeah, it's definitely intentional about my daily meditation, cultivating science. Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, I think, Hey, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. And this is one of the things I've had to get more serious about and, and really dial in. And, you know, and I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, such a simple thing as, uh, I'm not going to church this Sunday. I got too many other things going on. I got too many other things going on. I love God. He loves me. I'll just have to love him from the house. Okay. You say so. I, I don't recommend that. <laughs> I no. don't recommend that because it's about relationships. And if you have a, if your relationship with the Lord is weak, he can smell that. The enemy can smell that from a mile away and he will come. And he will try to fill that void. Don't get it twisted. Well, Cardinal Sarah wrote a book about the power of silence. Oh, it's a great book. It's, it's probably one of my favorite that he's written. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you took me to see it. I was skeptical, I must admit. But I'm glad you took me to see it. I, it has changed the way I am. Because there are certain sins that I've struggled with my whole life. And I always was under the mentality of, well, I must keep committing these sins because, um, you know, I, it, I'm, it's the, the battle is just beyond me, right? It's just a bigger evil than I can fight. When in reality yeah. is, no, that's just an excuse. I just cooperate with, it's a choice I make to cooperate with evil. Yeah. And then once you realize that, there's a certain empowerment in that because now that you know it's your choice, you can choose to stop, to not do that anymore, to walk a different path. And it's hard to be sure, <clears throat> to be sure. But here's the good news. A champion has already come and won the fight for us. And, and he wants to fight the fight for us. But we have to invite him in. We have to accept. We have to let go and let him fight the fight because we're outmatched is the nicest way I know how to say this. The most intelligent being that God has ever created has done nothing since the dawn of time than think about how to drag your soul to hell, kicking and screaming the whole way. You don't, without Jesus Christ, there is no fight to be had. You're done. Yeah. Period. Well, uh, and uh, again, a spoiler alert to the end of the movie because I, I did want to make a point. So after after um, Edward is uh, executed, all of a sudden the demon 
goes into James' mind because James is there watching the execution. And don't and forget, says, hello, James, James gave him James gave him permission. Gave him permission earlier. It says hello, James, and then all of a sudden James grabs a gun out of a detective's that's sitting next to him and tries to kill himself. But but James says I was never in control of my body. It was like I had my mind. I don't want to do this, but I was not in control of my body. You know, he pulls the trigger. He doesn't die. He's praying to God. God protect me, and. Fast forward now, a year later from this incident, James had uh, taken a manuscript that Nefarious had wrote and apparently edited it and did all this stuff to it and made a book out of it. And he was he was on uh, the Glenn Beck show in the movie. And you could tell that James knew what had happened was real. But he was still questioning whether he really believed in God and stuff yeah, like that, right? Still holding on. And that. and the one thing that I thought about was um, when people say, "If God will just show me a miracle right now, I will believe." And and my response has always been, "Yes, you had thousands that saw Jesus perform miracles and walked away. The the you know seeing a miracle." is not a guarantee that all of a sudden you're going to believe, right? Because people did that. And this kind of spoke to that to me. Again, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but James Martin, the psychiatrist, had had literally had an hour and a half conversation with the demon, had the demon possess his body momentarily and talk to him in his head, and yet he still questioned whether he believed in God. It, it was kind of a battle you could tell he was having. And it's like, dude, Faith, faith is a gift from God, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, as we say, the Holy Spirit converts. God does convert. I mean, there's obviously a participation aspect on our part, right? Sure. An effort on our part that we have to get there. Yeah. yeah, we have to cooperate with the grace that God gives us. But people are always, or, or I shouldn't say people, some people are, are so bent on, I need to see something physical with my own eyes for me to believe. And it's like, if you saw, you doesn't mean you would believe because your heart isn't right. No, yeah, definitely. And I, I always tell people like who, because because everybody wants the burning bush. If God's got something to say to me, why don't he just come right out and say it? Send, well, me, send me an angel. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. Yeah, that may not be as um, ecstatic an experience as you might imagine. And I go back to the women who discovered the empty tomb. One of them was so scared, she ran away and never told anybody what she saw. That is the more likely outcome of you encountering the burning bush. The idea that you're going to respond the way Moses responded, or that you're going to respond the way Our Lady responded, um, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why every time an angel appears to somebody in the Bible, the first thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. Yeah. So, you know, that, that whole burning bush thing, you say you want that, mm. I don't know how much you want that. Learn learn to accept the, the way God communicates to you in much more ordinary ways because um, it's, yeah, that, that can be a very frightening thing to, and to yeah. expect miracles and to want miracles. And you're right. At the end of the day, they aren't typically the most, I mean, they don't really commit you to something that you're not already committed to. Yeah. God, God speak, speaks to us every day through the ordinary and, yeah. And of course, through the masses said every day through the extraordinary, through the through Holy Eucharist. But in our everyday lives, God is present in so many aspects. If we just stop and 
open our eyes and listen, going back to silence, just silence in our heart, our inner dialogue and let God speak to us. And, and, you know, uh, I, I actually never finished it, uh, cause I, I, I don't remember why, but I had read about half of, um, the power of silence by Cardinal Sarah, right? He's a Cardinal Sarah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember at one point he says, you know, we may just sit down and be silent, but we're not silent in our head. We're having this inner dialogue. The, the difficulty comes in shutting off your inner dialogue and just letting God speak to you through silence. And, um, I, I, I mean, admittedly, that's something that I have never been able to do. I've tried and I've tried. And, and I think it's one of those things that to actually become good at it, you're probably going to have to do it consistently for a long period of time to actually, you know, get good with the power of silence. I can tell you where you can go, where you can have it happen in a quicker experience. And that's a, a monastic setting. You and I need to go to Clear Creek for a weekend. You need, yeah. I need to go to Clear Creek for a weekend because I, I, I'm, I, I know what you're saying. And I had that same issue until you go to a monastic setting where the monks can kind of show you how to be silent. And it takes some getting used to it first, but it, over the course of the weekend, like you, you kind of get it a little bit. And then now obviously you're not on the level that they're at because they live there, but it, it, it kind of falls in. We should do that. We should go to Clear Creek one weekend and then make a show and then do a show about our experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, yeah. We've talked about that. I, I know we were, it's hard to get away and you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. But I wanted to end our show real quick with some practical advice. So if people are, if you do find yourself the victim of demonic attack, the victim of um, uh, demonic infestation, any type of uh, demonic oppression or, or, or over, overly active temptations toward a particular, you're like, man, I'm just feeling, it's almost like a compulsion almost. Uh, so my first advice would be to talk to your priest, right? Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, go talk to your parish priest, tell them what's happening. I cannot say enough how much I do not recommend going outside the church for help in these matters. That is, you're going to empower the demonic force. You're going to make things worse. Um, I do not recommend that you go buy a copy of the Roman ritual and walk all over your house reading the rite of exorcism. Though Those prayers are specifically for priests who have had the requisite training and have the authority of the bishop of their diocese to perform these exorcisms. If you try and do that, you are going to make the demonic infestation worse for the other person and you're going to invite it onto yourself. Mm -hmm. So there is a book of prayer. I'm going to list the link in the description and it's called um, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. It's by Father Chad Rippinger. I have this book. I recommend every Catholic have it. I think you used it the night after the movie. I did. You? I came home after that movie. I walked around my house for about an hour. Uh, yeah, man. Satan ain't going to catch me slipping. No way. Um, no, that's a good, that's a good prayer to use. Obviously the rosary and, and anything you can do to get yourself into a, a, a you know, more oriented towards God, reestablish your relationship with God, ask Christ for help. And, uh, and obviously seek the counsel of Holy Mother Church. Um, Christ specifically gave a power to his apostles to cast out demons in my name, in Christ's name. That's what he said. In fact, Jesus was 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Jesus was so effective at, at um, expelling demons that a few of the rabbis in the Sanhedrin began to cast out devils using Jesus's name, and they didn't even believe in Jesus. I mean, he was so effective. So that's one of the things that, um, that, that I would recommend for anybody who finds themselves already dealing with the enemy in some sort of way. Um, Jason, do you have any tips or tricks in this area or um, nothing more than you, uh, than, than what you added? Just, yeah. I mean, definitely don't go outside the Catholic church in this realm because again, I, I forgot who said it, but we were talking one time with somebody and they said, nobody goes to the Episcopal church or the Methodist church when they have troubles with demons, they always go to the Catholic church. So stay with stay within the church. Um, just like I mentioned earlier, stay close to the sacraments, frequent confession, frequent Holy Eucharist, um, you know, and if fill, you, fill your soul with, with God's grace at every opportunity you have to fight these battles. Yeah. And, and if you're, um, what was I going to say? We were something, something about, I have this problem where I'll think of a great thing to say. And then like five seconds later, it's gone. So that's what happened there. And it's probably not going to come back, but anyway, it's probably the- <laughs> Every time, every time I used to forget something, my grandma would always tell me what well, must've been a lie. And I was like, no, it's so profound that nobody could handle it. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably what it was. It's probably what oh. it was. Go see nefarious. It, um, would you, I I, I've, I've got it here. Um, if you want me to, I know it's at the end of the show, but I've got the trailer pulled up. Let's, put, let's wanna, do the trailer. You, you want to do the trailer? Gonna, so I'm so glad you did because I almost started the show with the trailer. I, I yeah, think that's we, a good. Let's do that. Let's. let's yeah, we should have done it, but for people that haven't seen it, I know we gave a lot of spoilers. We have listened to this, but we we have not done the movie is complete justice in our quotes of nefarious and all that. Oh yeah. They suck. When we're, we're not, when, we're not when Sean delivers it, it's going to give you yeah. a completely different. It's going to give you goosebumps. Ours probably gave you a headache. His will give you goosebumps. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. It was difficult for me to do the Sean Patrick Flannery interview because when he first popped up on the screen, I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I just see a demon and it's like, I mean, that's how good his performance was. It was, and I don't want you to, and I know there's, there's a, a thing uh, out there. Like, Oh, if you, if you see this, you're opening yourself up that this, this going to see the movie will become a doorway. It won't. This film is not there to just titillate and entertain and, and, and arouse your morbid curiosity about demonic possession. This film actually, I think I would argue empowers you uh, much more to engage in this type of warfare yeah that way. yeah no i definitely agree it's it, it's a very sobering film in a good way um you ready i'm ready tell me if you can can't hear it hello Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. But he's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. 
What happened to Edward? We own him. We? He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around, you think you're the killer, not him. And give me something to make me believe you. Prove to me you're a demon. Probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. It makes me do bad things. I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me! I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me! It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. It's starting to happen. Can you feel it, Dave? Can you feel it? Okay. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're on mute, Mark. That's why I can't hear you. I was checking. I was checking. I, my I, I was. I was. What I was saying is, uh, I'll, I'll include a link to the trailer in the description if it was coming up a little slow or whatever. Uh, but this, in my opinion, I don't know that this is one for the kids. Although you'll you'll want to judge that based on their level of maturity. I don't think they'll see anything in here that's scandalous or anything like that but it is a very disturbing very sobering film so maybe you're you're more mature teenagers i think would be appropriate yeah when it yeah when it comes out I'll, I'll have my older kids watch it i mean they're 12 and 14 because i again the the message that we've talked is this is not something to play with and yeah. uh i mean i mean it is a good movie for all the usual reasons it's a good script it's a good production value it's great acting on everybody's part it's a really good movie just in general terms, but, but, but as I mentioned in the previous uh, episode, it really does touch your heart, mind, and soul. Um, like no, like no other movies do for the most part. Um, and I, and like, again, I feel like it approached the subject from the correct angle yeah. because there is a wrong way to talk about this stuff. And I you know, I, 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 I was thinking, so. I was thinking we did that trailer. I don't know what the rules are on YouTube. I mean, it was a trailer and a, it was the official movie trailer. So sue me, sue me to your heart's content. No, but I'm saying if, <laughs> I if, don't have any money. If, if you, no, 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 I'm not worried about that. I'm just talking <laughs> about you. If YouTube does anything with it, we can just cut that out, but uh, yes, yeah, we'll find out. We'll do anything with it, um, but we're, we're uh, not claiming any rights to it or anything. So we should be all right. Well, what I was gonna—I was gonna answer this. Did you wait until the end of the credits when the demon said the Latin phrase? We didn't know about it going into the movie, but I had read that evening about somebody's mentioning it, so I found the clip online and saw it. Um, there was a few Latin phrases in it because Nefarious 
you know, his last words were Latin. And then, um, you know, there's another scene where he spoke some Latin, but, but yeah, I believe that the end phrase harkened back. It said, uh, uh, the book of Daniel, I think chapter eight or something like that. I have to go back and look, but no, we didn't stay. We had to see it on the, on the internet. Yeah. It's a very, like I said, I mean, you, you, you've gotten the gist of it from watching. This is very disturbing, very, very serious stuff. Um, shout out to, to our good friend of the show, Sean Patrick Flannery, who starred in this role and crushed it. Um, he's a, he's a good guy. I like him. No, he's I very like down to earth, very down, very personal. Like I said, he's, uh, uh I, I don't know the time I've known him. Very, like I said, he's, he's a good guy, good family, good kids, good yeah. wife, all, all that stuff. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Are you going to see the movie again? Because I know I plan to. No, I, I plan to never see that film again as long as I live. I, message heard, understood, received, and acknowledged. Um, I told Jason he's welcome to go see it. He can buy the freaking Blu-ray if he wants to. I don't care. I'm not going back in there, man. That was terrifying. And I like oh, I, horror movies. I went, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who liked The Exorcist. They thought that was a cool movie. I mean, this movie was incredibly troubling. No, I don't no, think I, I'd watch The Exorcist again after I watched this movie because I will see it because because I did enjoy the the like I said the movie just being a movie itself I enjoyed it, um, but again I enjoyed the message like you get yeah. goosebumps a lot throughout it and I don't know I, I think it's pretty cool to hear those things because because I've even I've even watched some clips like on social media from it and uh, still gives my me boys my even, boy. Even though I've heard it two or three times, it still gives me goosebumps. Yeah, maybe I think maybe maybe I'm still like such a like cooperator with evil that it hurts me <laughs> to think about it. I mean, I'm dead serious. I, I I I you leave that movie and you start thinking about all the little ways, and you're I mean, I'm this Catholic podcast guy, so I'm out here claiming to be some kind of moral authority on something but i'm not a moral authority on anything we we let's loud and clear to everybody we have never claimed to be a, uh, an authority over anything <laughs> no everything i tell you every good thing i have in my life i have because christ gave it to me and the and not because the devils gave me anything every awful thing i've ever had in my life was a gift of hell and uh and every good thing i've ever gotten in my whole life is a gift from jesus christ so um yeah that's that's that i i i that's have, the that's the rumor connor you do a catholic podcast eh, more or less <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope the content of it uh it reflects the the moral and theological teachings of the catholic church i hope so um that's otherwise otherwise it truly is a nefarious theology it is it is it would be a nefarious <laughs> theology um gosh go see this film and then pray about it and, and, and pray if, for. if anybody that's watching live right now or anybody watches later and listens listens to it on youtube or any of our audio formats and you go see it uh drop us a line in the comments let us know what you think let us know if you disagree i would actually literally love to hear it, uh, if people agreed with our assessment disagreed what they thought because the, the this film really really has i know we've we've said it several times but it really has touched me and i've enjoyed talking to people about it talking about the film so if anybody goes and sees it 
yeah, drop us some comments. Let us know. Are we off? Are we off base? Do you agree? Did we not think about something? Because the, I bet you if we watch this film again, we would pick up on stuff we didn't the first time. You know, the only, I don't know why I'm sharing. I guess I'll share this. I, well, I've already set it up. I can't not do it. Do now. I, do I need to put a uh, warning? No, you, you don't know. No. You, and you definitely don't need to play the other intro. That's not this type of story. <laughs> That's an outro. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my mother at age five gave me a Ouija board. Thanks mom. Um, and I remember playing with it with another friend of mine of about the same age alone in my bedroom. And we lived over on Richmond Hill. It is to this day, the only paranormal experience I can say I've ever legitimately had. The only thing I've ever seen that affirmed there's something else to reality other than just physical reality. Uh, I don't remember what question we were asking it. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I remember at some point, for some reason, we both moved our hands away from the planchette and it kept moving. And I saw that. Uh, and I never played with it again. We, it scared the heck out of me when I was a kid. I can't help but think, you know, even you would not give your cell phone to a five-year-old and say, okay, good luck on the internet. Peace. You know, essentially, and you give somebody like that a Ouija, you give a five-year-old kid a toy, a toy like that. You basically said, okay, go play uh, chat roulette with the spirit world. I mean, holy crap. I can't think. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Now, that's the only, that, that to this day is the only experience I can say, honestly, uh, was like a paranormal, you know, experience I've had. Every other supernatural experience I have had has been the result of divine grace and thanks be to God. But yeah. Don't play with Ouija boards, man. Don't recommend it. Well, that's our show, everybody. Have a pleasant oh, evening. <laughs> I, 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 I've actually only seen bits and pieces of The Exorcist because I'm not a big horror movie. And I don't recommend anyway. The Exorcist. The Exorcist thematically has a lot of good points to make. There's a lot of blasphemies in the film that uh, I can't talk about here, won't talk about. And so it's not a, it's not like, oh yeah, go see this film. But if you happen to have seen it, and you walk away from it, you get what I'm talking about. But this nefarious movie is a must-see for adults for sure, because we're 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 all with our behavior, we're all bringing the devil into the world here. Thank goodness <laughs> we've all got to stop. Thank he's goodness be here soon. <laughs> Thank goodness Sean isn't a method actor. <laughs> you know, oh, and movie. he was quite clear about that. He yeah, said, "Look, yeah. I do not." I do not uh, try the method. I don't believe in the method. So people are always asking me how I prepared for the role. Cause it's, they're concerned about that, but there was no, there was no uh, occult or, or anything like that going into the role. He did his research and then, you know, Sean Patrick Flannery's just a, he's a great actor and he's very convincing in his role and that's what he gets paid to do, you know? Um, so my hat's off. I commend him uh, for his performance. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah. thank God he's not a method actor. <laughs> and you know who is a method actor and that's why i was not as excited about his conversion as everybody else was shia labeouf let me tell you shia labeouf did a, a movie where he portrayed a um a sereno gang member the serenos are a gang from california prison gang okay he portrayed a sereno gangler so what he did is he actually joined a click he he clicked up 
with an uh, 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 a Sereno gang in in Los Angeles got tattooed on him and everything. That's how he prepares for a role. So when he's like, "Yeah, I'm super Catholic now, and I'm about the I'm all about the TLM, especially after preparing for this role of Padre Pio," and I'm like, "Okay, we'll see." I mean, I hope it's true. Okay, so we'll to see. answer to answer Connor's question first, how dare you? <laughs> Two. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not going to answer this question. Listen to the previous episode and it will answer the question. And third, how dare you? <laughs> not listening to our all of our episodes. I have heard the Ouija board story from the Exorcist files and it is terrifying. It was not my 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 story thankfully was not that bad. It was just a a, a planchette that moved definitely under someone's power that was not me or my friend. Um so that was how's, quite clear. <laughs> is, how's your friend? Do they continue? No idea. No, I, no, I don't know. Cause we moved out of that house not long after that. And you know, I had an old new friend. I was you know, six years so, old, so everybody that listens to the show regularly knows that I'm a convert and growing up, we didn't, we actually didn't believe in possessions in the present day. It was one of those things that was happened in apostolic times and the times of Jesus and all that to prove who Jesus was, you know, through miracles and stuff like that, right? To confirm that he was the son of God. But it's also interesting that we would always teach you need, because scripture talks about helping those in need, because by doing so, you could be helping an angel in distress. So the question is, if an angel in distress can come disguise himself, basically to test you and, and whatnot, why, why can't the, why can't the demonic come in and, you know, have rain too? Because, because you know, scripture teaches that um or maybe I'm saying it wrong, but anyway, Satan is is the prince of this world, the prince of darkness and all that. So we're kind of in his domain right now because our first parents <laughs> had the first cooperation with evil when they said yes, and ever since then it's been running amok. Um, you know, thankfully Christ has come and conquered death and given us an avenue to partake in his divine grace, uh, or his divine nature, right? You know. Um, I like the saying Christ came down to earth so that, so that man may, may come up to, to God. Right. Yeah. God. Um, yeah. Christ, Christ gives us truly what Satan falsely promised he could give us in the garden. Yeah. yeah, yeah but it's it, but he, but he, it's not exactly the same thing. And because Satan can't behold the love of God, he just, he doesn't see any of that. When Satan sees God, all he sees is power, you know? You guys will get to be your own gods. And in Satan's mind, what being God is, is enforcing an arbitrary set of rules on creation and anything you don't like, you zap or smite or, you know, whatever. This is the, and it's weird because this is a being created in the shadow of the Holy Trinity, but he is totally incapable of perceiving the love of God. But what Christ does is give us the real version of what we're talking about, which is unity with the divine unity with God. He who, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have unity with me and I in him. So he gives us that, that real sense of becoming God, right. Of divinization where Satan falsely promised because Satan doesn't understand what it's like to be. He doesn't understand God, which is very strange to me. Well, it, it goes back to you. You can't give what you don't have. How can Satan give yeah. you, the, you know, to, to share in the divine nature of God. Right. Well, he doesn't even possess it himself, but Christ who possesses it 
came, died on the cross, and has given us the opportunity to partake in his divine nature because he has it to give. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think that's it's an hour and 16. You want to wrap it up? or? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right, because I got to go to work in the morning. Boo. Um, okay, well, team, this was a great show. I enjoyed the discussion. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Like, subscribe, and comment to this. Go see Nefarious. Check out the links in the description. I'm also going to include a link to Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity by Father Chad Ripperger. And um, and I linked if, in the it, – it, it should still be in there, but I linked our previous episode too. So if you've listened to this and you haven't listened to the previous episode, go check it out. Now, we do talk more about Nefarious, um, and it's a fantastic discussion. But uh, if you're just interested in the nefarious portion, it'll be in the latter half. But I don't think you'll be disappointed with the first half. No, it was a great interview. And I guess the last, the only thing I would, I would, my parting thought would be just realize and just know when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth and you take a shower and you get ready for work and you go out and you get in your car and you drive to work and you work your whole day and you come, you're walking around in a battlefield that whole time you're walking around in an active war zone. Okay. And you're the target. Now, I don't say this to scare you because it's not, it's it, the objective is not to be scared. The objective is to put on the armor of God everywhere we go so that no evil force can catch us slipping. And when we look back to the Lord's prayer, and this is something even Pope Francis talks about in one of his encyclicals, we translate that Greek word, deliver us from evil but it's personified evil. A more correct translation of the prayer is deliver us from the evil one. That is what the original Aramaic and even the Hebrew, as well as the Greek in, in the gospel say, it's a personalized evil. The prayer, Jesus isn't just saying deliver us from this general sense of evil. That's somewhere out there. Jesus is saying, deliver us from the evil one. And that's, and that's your prayer. So that would be what I suggest. Jason, any thought, parting thoughts? No, just um, hope everybody has a good week and um, God bless everybody. God bless all of you. We're going to close it out. Like, subscribe, share, comment, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless all of you. Mm -hmm.